Hey, I'm Chauncey Jenkins, and you're listening to the Monarchist Basketball Show. I'm Aaron. And I'm Mike. And you're listening to the Monarchist Basketball Show. As always, it's a pleasure to welcome Coach Jones to the podcast. How you doing, Coach? Doing well. Excited about our uh, road trip uh, this this week and, uh, uh, you know, see what uh, the Sun Belt has to offer. All right. So a little bit later, we're going to have Tyreek on the show. Could you chat with us for just a moment about what he brings to the team and how he's developed as a monarch since arriving at ODU? Well, I, I think, you know, he's he's playing a different role. Uh, we ask a lot more of him than he's been asked at, at either of his uh, uh, previous stops. Um, you know, we've asked him to be more of a playmaker and, and we need him to produce night in and night out. Um, the, the big thing with, with Tyreek that we've talked to him about is, you know, playing with, uh, uh, playing with more toughness. Um, you know, he, uh, is, is, is not really accustomed to the, the physicality, you know, he's, he's getting guarded and people are bumping him and, you know, slapping and, um, you know, he, he's an important guy for us. And so he's got to play strong and make sure, you know, that, that he's playing with uh, on two feet, playing with two hands because, uh, you know, he and Chauncey are, are the guys that, uh, you know, when, when we're playing well, they're, they're usually in attack mode uh, and they can do things that, that other guys can't do. Uh, so I think he's, he's growing, he's learning. Um, I think he's, uh, uh, I, I think appreciative of, having a different role and being counted on more than, than, than he did at Northeastern or, or UAB. Um, but there's pressure in, in that. I think, you know, you, you, you can't, you know, you can't take, uh, you know, plays off, you know, you, you, you got to make sure that you're ready in practice. And I think he's learning along those lines of how to be more consistent. All right. So two games since our last show, one and one record with a tough loss to the Red Wolves and a bounce-back win over the Raging Cajuns. First up, we'll talk about Arkansas State. as a 57-60 loss at home. A very difficult first half for the offense led to a 15-point deficit. The team shot 5 of 27 for 18.5% and had an over seven-minute scoring drought in the first half. But a story we have seen play out multiple times this season, the guys turn it around and start to put it together late. They go on an 11-point run to make it a two-point game, but couldn't hit enough shots to win it. Tyreek and Chauncey lead the way. Tyreek has 16, Chauncey has 12, but we got to talk about that first half. Well, we've 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 had some uh, some slow starts, and you know we've we've talked about those, and uh, you know I I, I think there's uh, some reasons. There's some lineup things, and um, you know, but but this against Arkansas State was more pronounced. And I think Arkansas State came out and just were, were the, the physical uh, aggressor uh, in that first half. And, and we didn't respond well, um, you know, in, in, in uh, I guess, bar, uh, boxing uh, terms, you know, we, 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 we got hit in the face. And, uh, you know, we, we, we took a standing eight count and we were barely hanging on. Um, and in that first half, we had a bunch of, uh, you know, offensive rebounds and, uh, you know, our bigs just didn't finish. And, and for the game, 18 offensive rebounds and only nine points, second chance points off those offensive rebounds. That's simply not good enough. And as I said, uh, you know, after that, 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 uh, that game, 
um, you know, you either got to put the ball in the basket or, or you've got to kick it back out to somebody who, who can take a better shot. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not a, a right. If you get an offensive rebound, it's not your right just to throw something weak up there. So, um, you know, that, that really, really hurt. Uh, but, you know, we, we did come back in the second half and play better, scoring 41 points. But, you know, I, I think that really highlighted uh, uh, an, an issue with us. And, uh, you know, I did. I challenged our guys and I, I said, look, the scouting report on, on Old Dominion after one Sunbelt Conference game is that we're soft. And, you know, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't say I, anything that I, I took any particular uh, uh, pleasure in, in, in saying but it, it was the truth. I think our players needed to hear it. They didn't like it, but they couldn't really refute it. Uh, and fortunately for us, uh, when we played Louisiana, we weren't soft. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's an important lesson in there uh, about being ready to play uh, the way the game's going to be played. Um, you know, we, we might not be the world's most physical team, but that's the way conference basketball goes. And that was the only chance, really, that Arkansas State had to beat us and they out toughness for, for, you know, a, a big part of the game. And, you know, we, we, we dug ourselves into a hole that we couldn't get out of this time. So in the Arkansas state game, it seemed like in the first half, they were doing concerted effort to double the ball handlers on the wing, really defending us well, moving to whoever had the ball on the wing and rotating well, and we weren't really moving well off the ball or moving the ball, the ball kept getting stuck. I'm not sure if you would agree with that, but that's how it kind of felt. Yeah, they, they, what they were doing, they weren't, they weren't necessarily doubling, but they were showing hard on ball screens. And um, which, which, you know, that's not the first time people have, have, have done that. I mean, different people, different teams play ball screens different ways. Um, you know, what, what they were doing is, uh, you know, kind of downing ball screens. It's uh, kind of not allowing you to, to actually utilize the, the ball screen. Um, and, and when you stand around, that can be very effective. And, you know, that's, that's been, you know, since we were down in Charlotte, we've, we've, we've been making this a, a big emphasis. And at times we work, but at times it's hard. You know, it's hard, you know, when, when you're tired or the, team, the defense is pounding on you a little bit and the referees let a lot go. But you got, you got to pass and you got to cut. You got to take, take away that defensive help so that they're not locked in. Uh, into a spot and, and so that, that way if you get an edge you know you can you you can get it maybe deeper in, in the lane um, you know so uh, we, we we just the, the ball did stick uh, there was too much um, kind of individual play and and you know that's that's what basically happens when when you don't move around you know then it becomes you know one guy trying to beat his but everybody else is in in help help positions uh, and, and uh, you know, we, we need to share the ball and move the ball and move ourselves, you know, to, to allow Chauncey, to allow Tyreek, you know, to, to get into the lane um, because they can score, but they can also create opportunities for kickouts for, for other guys. Hey, Coach, so on the other side of the game there, playing defense, Omar El-Sheikh, I mean, especially early on, he really seemed on that pick and roll to be really aggressive with it. Is there anything that you guys could take away from that? And it's like a you know, growing through this year, you're going to see more stuff like that or. Um... Physically kicked our butt. That's, that's the, that's the simple, you know, we'd recover to him on the screen. It's not like he got wide open on, on the, on the rolls. Uh, but our guys, 
I mean, he, he, he came in there and just was, you know, throwing his body around and we were content to stay on the side. Um, and he either, you know, got some easy opportunities or he got to the free throw line where he, you know, he converted, um, you know, and, 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 you know, our, a couple of our guys made business decisions. Uh, they, they decided not to, not to step in there and, 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 and sacrifice their body. Uh, and, and he won those matchups. Uh, you know, they, they uh, had uh, quite a few offensive rebounds, but they had six team rebounds at the offensive end. And, uh, you know, so no one, no one person gets credited with that, but uh, those are extra opportunities. And, and they came in and we knew that they were one of, uh, in the conference and in the country, they were one of the, the better offensive rebounding teams, uh, you know, statistically. Uh, we, we talked about putting a body on somebody and we just didn't, we didn't do a good job consistently enough, especially in the first half. Uh, you know, when, when a team's playing aggressively and physically, you can either match it or you can back down. And, and, and we didn't match it in, in the first half. So you called the team out and they responded well, and it led to this victory over Louisiana 70 66 on Saturday. In uh, a complete reversal, the team came out firing in the first half, leading to a 14-point lead at the break. That lead would be pushed to 22 before the Cajuns go on their own strong 12-point run and making a game of it. Throughout the second half, it looked like we were on the brink of putting this game away for good, and we finally do great contributions in this one from Tyreek, who scores 17. We also had 34 points off the bench from Chauncey Faison, and D'Angelo, really solid win over the team picked in the preseason to win the league. Yeah, and we were like a different team. And we came out with energy, and, and in that first half, we we shot uh, quite a few threes, and we shot them extremely well. Um, and, and you don't again, you don't get those without the energy and the, the the ball and people movement. And our guys were flying around. We were swarming defensively. Uh, you know, Jordan Brown, uh, Louisiana's six uh, ten. Uh, center, you know, best player in the league, and and we made him work. I mean, he ended up with 16, 17 points, but, you know, he, he didn't get them easily. Uh, and, uh, you know, we got all the 50-50 balls. We got out of transition. Uh, but, you know, the, the big thing in the first half was we were able to – D'Angelo Steins made a couple threes. Uh, Chauncey made a couple threes. I think Tyreek maybe made a, a, a three. So, um, you know, that, that really was big, and we were able – kind of down the stretch of, of the, the, the end of the first half, kind of, you know, stretch out that lead, as you said, to get it to 14. And our guys were, were, were the aggressors. Uh, you know, the, the aggressors, you know, it, when you come out and you're in intact mode, you know, that, that bodes well for, for, for any basketball team. So, Coach, a couple things here. I know in your post-game comments you talked about potential lineup changes, or if you didn't do that, then to look for a short time between the start of the game and getting Chauncey in the game. So the starting lineup was the same, and but we did see you make a couple substitutions relatively early. Is this going to be something that is just going to play out from game to game or expect to see earlier? Number one, we get we need to get Chauncey in the game. So I, my choice is either I take somebody out and I put Chauncey in the starting lineup or I just get him in earlier. That's what I chose to do against Louisiana. Um, I, I think that's, you know, most likely the, the, the way we're going to approach things going forward. 
Um, the other thing I did, and, and kind of the reasons were twofold. Um, I, I was shuttling, you know, I was shuttling guys in, in and out, kind of uh, short uh, short stretches, trying to get them, you know, play really really hard. Come out, a new guy come in, and everybody, you know, providing, uh, you know, great energy. Um, I, I like that. I, I'm not sure you can do that if uh, if everybody isn't playing with that same energy. But but we had everybody that was really. I think working hard and playing with a high level of intensity. Um, and so we, we, we were able to shuttle players in and out, particularly in the first half. The other part of that um, is that finally, starting in the Arkansas State game, D'Angelo came in with some, some fire and he, he knocked down a couple shots. He gave us a lift again in the, uh, uh, in, in, in the Louisiana game. If we've got that one other wing like and we've been looking, we've looked at D'Angelo, we've looked at Bryce, we've looked at Charles. But if we can get that, you know, that, that shot in the arm, that, that spark uh, by D'Angelo, then again, I have, you know, more of an opportunity to, to uh, you know, rotate guys in, in and out and try to keep them fresh and, and, and you know, really trying to, uh, you know, play very aggressive basketball. Well, D'Angelo certainly seemed to give us a shot in the arm. I mean, he came in. He was flying around the ball on defense, and obviously he knocked down some big shots. And, you know, it's physical. When he got fouled, he was still finishing. So I know from the stands, that was really encouraging to see him out there and getting some good run. Yeah, I mean, we're excited. I mean, he, he's, he's a terrific uh, you know, young man, um, and he's, he's been struggling. Uh, you know, this year it seemed like there was a lid on the basket. Uh, you know, he, he, he's always in the, in the gym working, but – you know, he, he, he just didn't have the confidence in his shot, uh, but he, he came back from Christmas break and, uh, you know, seems like he's a different player, not a different person because he's he's had a positive attitude. And, and like I said, he's uh, I mean, I, I, I really, really like D'Angelo Sainz uh, as, as a young man, um, but, uh, uh, you know, he's, he's playing with more energy and, and, and obviously banging shots, uh, you know, that that goes a long way. In the Louisiana game, you mentioned it, how well we shot the ball from three in the first half. I believe you shot seven of 11 in the first half from deep. Um, in the second half, you guys go one of six. Was it just the game and how it was playing out, why we went more to the paint? or? Yeah, it, it, I think it had more to do with how uh, Louisiana was defending us. I, I think they were getting into us more um, and, and, and almost forcing us to, to go by. Um, you know, and we, you know, we, we, we got some opportunities uh, at, at the rim. Um, you know, we got a couple, uh, you know, really nice fast break opportunities off of our defense. Uh, but they were much, much more aggressive defensively, uh, you know, not allowing us to get uh, any open three points with, with, with time and uh, in, in space. So, Coach, you mentioned it throughout the year that the most important part of playing these regular season games is getting better to prepare for the tournament. How do you feel about the progression of your big men and what areas do you want to see them improve the most? Um, well, I think, you know, sp specifically uh, phase on fields. I mean, anybody watching um, can see he's really coming on. He's playing, uh, you know, he's uh, aggressively, he's asserting himself at both ends of the floor. Uh, he, he's showing confidence. Um, and, and at times he's, he's done a better job of finishing. Uh, if, if there's one area where we need 
he and, and, and Dorico to do a better job is it's finishing around the basket. Um, you know, it's not really right now part of their uh, DNA to uh, be low post back to the basket scores. Um, you know, and, and, and contrasting that to last year when that was the strength of our team, you know, is, is, is kind of a, uh, you know, a, a, a stark contrast. Um, but what, what they can do is, is get on the offensive boards, be ready for uh, drop-offs and, and dump-downs and, and lobs and finish those, finish offensive rebounds uh, at a higher rate. Um, you know, it's, it's really, really frustrating to, to, to work hard and get those offensive rebounds and, you know, miss point-blank shots. And that's what we've done. Uh, you know, kind of as of late and, and, and throughout the, you know, the non-conference play at, at times, you know, we've, we've got to, we've got to shoot. We, we do a great job of offensive rebounding, but we've got to have a higher uh, uh, field goal percentage, uh, uh, effective field goal percentage um, on those uh, two point rim shots. Um, it, you just work too hard. And as I mentioned earlier, if not, you know, if there's, you know, bodies around and we're struggling, we got to kick that thing back out. Uh, those, those are great opportunities to, to, to get open looks from, from beyond the three point line and unsettled situations. We've seen it when we've scouted uh, opponents this year, teams like Virginia tech, uh, you know, team teams like Davidson um, that, you know, if they get an offensive rebound, if, if they don't have a clear pass to the basket path to the basket, they're kicking that sucker out. And, 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 and those three-point shooters get some really good looks off of that inside-out action. Um, we, we need to do more of that if we don't convert at a higher uh, rate. Well, how do you change that, Coach? I mean, is that instinct, or how do you coach that? Because you grab an offensive rebound, you got two or three guys around you that are swatting at you and trying to get the ball, and it just kind of becomes a frenzy. So how do you stay calm in that moment to make a good decision? Well, I mean, you just got to have some awareness. I mean, you know, if the ball, if you keep, you know, working hard and get doing a great job of getting an offensive rebound, but you keep missing those putbacks after a while, you know, that that's got to sink in. Like this isn't working. We've, we, we, we watch film on that. We show them the film. We talk about the statistics and show them the, the breakdown. Um, and then we practice it. You know, it, it's, it's hard to replicate the live situations, but you know, we'll, 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 put the ball up there and they, you know, they rebound and coaches have pads and they're surrounding them. And, you know, either you got to be strong and put it in or else, like I said, you know, kick it back out. So um, we're, we're working on it. We're not real good at it right now, but we're working and hopefully we'll, we'll continue getting better at it. All right, coach, time to preview this week's games. First up, we're headed to Troy, Alabama, face the Trojans. They are nine and six overall, one and one in conference play. They played some pretty tough teams at a conference. They beat Florida State on the road, ACC win. They played Arkansas tough, and they have a five-point loss to San Diego State. So this team is a pretty tough squad. What can our fans expect from Troy? Um, you know, they're they're uh, as you say, they're they're a team that, that plays hard and have really battled. They'll try to get after you defensively. They're not a team that uh, really packs it in the way that you know, Gardner-Webb and Arkansas State did. And, and, and you know, those, those two teams were similar. Um, you know, they'll try to down some ball screens, uh, but they'll, they'll, they run a lot of offense, but they've got two or three guys that I guess have the green light that will break offense at any point. 
uh, and just you know go one on one and make individual plays. Um, their their starting center Zay Williams um, is is probably their their, their best player six nine six ten. You know he can play in the post, but he really likes facing up. He'll shoot the three, and it's it's not as we told our players. We're not saying that he can shoot the three. He wants to shoot the three. So, you know, we've got to make sure that in recovery situations, you know, we, we, we get back out there because if we just let him shoot it, he's, he's going to hit a, a, a good percentage. Um, another uh, conference, uh, excuse me, another Sunbelt team that's uh, very good on the offensive boards. Um, and, uh, you know, so we're, we're going to have to, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be a tough contest. We're going to have to, you know, show up and, and compete. And as, as I told the guys today, make sure we bring uh, – bring our A game and are ready to play big boy basketball because you don't win on the road, uh, you know, going down there and hoping uh, and looking for officials to bail you out. You got to make it happen. Uh, and, 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 you know, that's, that's our intention uh, going into Troy. You know, one thing that's really, really interesting, um, you know, and, and you mentioned Florida state and San Diego state and uh, Arkansas, you know, uh, but, but when, when you, you break down for the net, They've also played three or four uh, non-D1 teams, and those teams don't count at all. Um, so that they're, you know, that you you take that out completely, and so their 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 net uh, looks really really good because you you've, you know, I, I'm assuming they've played 13 and two, 15, 15 games, but only uh, only 12 of them count count on on the net. Does that make sense? What I'm oh, saying that makes that makes total sense because those yeah. those non D ones aren't factored in there positively or negatively, and so you just take those out. So you know, if rather than playing somebody that's got a you know two seventy or two eighty, uh, you know that that would bring the the net down a little bit. Um, you know, they're not penalized or rewarded by playing a, a division uh, a division two or division three. Yeah, both teams we play this week are nine and six, but according to net, they're six and six. Correct. Uh, so leading into that, Georgia Southern, they're nine and six on the season. They have started out two and zero in conference. This game will be in Statesboro. Uh, I'm trying to look at their schedule and finding some things to point out, and there's not a whole lot. They have won four of their last five, and there's some names in there that were good in years past, but like they beat Wofford pretty handily, but Wofford doesn't look like the team it has been in recent memory. What should fans look out for when watching Georgia Southern? So I, I'm I'm really not very. I mean, my focus has, has been since uh, uh, Sunday, um, you know, on on Troy. So uh, I'm not that familiar with with Georgia Southern, other than, and I think all that we need to know is they 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 won both games uh, uh, last last Thursday and Saturday. Uh, to start conference play. I mean, I think that's that that that's plenty right there. And we'll, you know, just like we did with Louisiana, we'll do a short prep uh, on on Friday after the the game at Troy. Um, but uh, you know, it's 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 about showing up and making sure that uh, you know we play with energy, we play with uh, aggressiveness and confidence, uh, and and you know try to have everybody on on the same page. Uh, but you know, we'll we'll get to that soon enough. Uh, you know, right now, the, the big challenge and the biggest game of the year uh, is uh, on Thursday against Troy. So given these are both teams not near airports, how are we getting 
to Troy, and how are we getting to Georgia Southern? Uh, getting to Troy, we have uh, uh, tomorrow, Wednesday, we've got an 11 o'clock flight, direct flight to Atlanta. Uh, we uh, Venture has uh, already sent uh, a bus driver. Greg will be down there to, to pick us up, and they have you know a lot of our gear and everything already there. So, um, you know, when we get off the plane, we'll load onto the bus and uh, drive a three-hour drive, I think it is, uh, to Troy, Alabama. Um, and uh, should you know, we should get in there three-ish, something like that. So you know, nice, nice uh, you know, not 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 too bad from a travel standpoint. We've got a five o'clock. Uh, 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 the gym reserved it at five o'clock to practice. We won't do too much from a, a physical standpoint. We'll try to get the bad stuff out, you know, the travel uh, out, out of our system and, and, and obviously walk through and watch some film. Uh, and then after the game on, on Thursday, uh, we will uh, bust that. That'll be a, that'll be a long, that'll be a late. We probably uh, going, you, I think you said Statesboro. So from Troy to Statesboro, uh, that's, uh, you know, we'll, we'll probably get in there about 3 a.m. Uh, and then Friday, uh, you know, get the guys up, uh, eat breakfast, watch film, let them go back to sleep. And then we don't we don't uh, uh, practice again until I think five in, in, in the evening. Um, and, and but again, you know, we've got to be smart, got to really be efficient with our, our time uh, and, you know, see as much film. But, you know, getting getting our guys from a physical standpoint, getting those batteries recharged and, and, and ready to go for a, uh, is it a three o'clock game, I, I think, against uh, Georgia Southern. I, I think it's an earlier game. Yeah, three o'clock is right. So, Coach, when you have these quick turnarounds, so Thursday, Saturday, you find that it's easier to prepare when you're on the road because there's less distractions for the guys. So you got to have that kind of that run through on Friday to get ready for Saturday, or is it really same, same, uh, not big difference? I don't think it's, 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 it's a real big difference. I, I don't, I mean, you know, when we're in the hotels on the road, you know, they're a captive audience. We, we, you know, we, we kind of got them for the, the whole time, but you don't want to overdo it. Right. Um, you know, you, last thing you want to do is kind of bore them with, with too much film. You want to make the film, uh, very specific and succinct uh, so that they can see, you know, exactly what we're talking about and, and how we want to play certain situations. Um, uh, you know, you want them to rest as, as much as possible. Um, you know, on, on, on the Fridays in between the Thursday, Saturday contests, uh, the guys that don't play, uh, you know, a, a lot of minutes or, or any minutes, uh, they, they uh, usually uh, get into the, you know, the weight room in the hotel, if, if, if there is such a thing um, and, uh, and and get an additional lift. And, you know, we, we just try to keep everybody as sharp as, as we possibly can. Are there any manager games set up for this week or do you even know about those? I hear about them afterwards. Uh, um, I, I had to uh, caution them uh, the, the other day that uh, uh, the, these, these manager games, while competitive are supposed to be, fun and if it crosses a line uh i'm going to stop them real quick so uh i don't want our guys competitive nature to get the best of them i want them to keep an understanding about what those games are, are all about um you know for drew lakey and those guys their playing days are over this is this is supposed to be fun uh and we we don't want it to uh 
becomes something that uh, uh, you know takes away from that. It'd be one thing if the uh, winning team uh, got to start the game off with a two point lead or something, you know. But uh... <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure I would entrust that to our managers. All right, uh, one more question about life on the road in college basketball before we let you go. When you're playing in these different gyms so close back to back, what's the hardest part about adapting to these new environments? Um, you know, I mean, the shooting background, I mean, it, you know, it, it, it's just different. You know, um, in, in uh, Chartway Arena, you know, I, I think people regard that as, as you know, because of the, the dark blue and, and, and the uh, behind the baskets, I think people regard that as being a, uh, you know, a, a good shooting background, a good shooting uh, environment. Um, there are some that, uh, you know, that, that are tougher than, than, than others. But for, for me, it's, it's the energy there uh, in, in the gym. I would much rather, uh, you know, us uh, play a game in front of a packed house than going to some of them. I won't mention, but there, you know, there were some in, in conference. Yeah, I will mention, like going to Rice. You know, Rice was awful playing because there was nobody there. Um, and, and I'd much rather play, even if it's their fans, you know, with, with that energy and that intensity. I think that adds to the, uh, you know, the whole, the whole situation. Um, that, that's just my, that's just my feeling, but I, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, those, those environments, you, you want to play in an environment with a lot of energy and you can feel it, you can hear it. Uh, and uh, I, it just makes for a, just a better overall situation. All right, coach. Well, thanks again for joining us. Our listeners, we will be back next week. Uh, so keep, an eye out for that. Thanks again, Coach. Best of luck this week, and have a safe trip. All right. Thank you, guys. All right. Go Monarchs. Go Monarchs. Welcome back, Monarch Nation. Today, we're joined by the Brick, New Jersey 6'5 guard, Tyreek Scott Grayson. Welcome to the show, Tyreek. Thanks for having me. How you doing? Doing well, man. Thanks for joining us. No problem. Thanks for joining us, Tyreek. How are you and the fellas feeling after that big bounce-back win against Louisiana? Uh, feels good. Uh, that was a game we needed. Uh, we slipped up and let Arkansas State get us at home. when We had a streak going at home, protecting home court. But it felt good to get that win, bounce back, and get back in the winning column. Felt good in the stands, too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So after graduating high school, you played three seasons at UAB uh, before going to Northeastern and having an injury-shortened season. But before transferring to Old Dominion, you already had more than 100 college basketball games under your belt. So, I mean, that's a ton and ton of experience. What led you to ODU, and how did your experiences at UAB and Northeastern shape you as a person and as a player? Uh, well, what led me to ODU first off was um, – <clears throat> I was familiar with Coach Jones and playing them in the same conference at UAB. Um, my goals were aligned with his plans as well with uh, rebuilding. And it was close to home, so it was kind of a no-brainer for me to make this decision to come here close to home. My family would be able to see me play for my last year. Um, so, And I've been loving it so far. And... Um, as for UAB and Northeastern, uh, just having different perspectives and different coaches and different people around me um, has shaped my 
intelligence or knowledge of the game and made me look at the game in different ways. Whereas coming into UAB from JUCO, I didn't know, or I thought I knew and I didn't know. So uh, with those experiences and sharing different moments with different people around me, uh, helped me become the player I am today. And I'm grateful for every step um, of my career up until this point. So you mentioned those different experiences at Northeastern and UAB. We're ODU fans, so we kind of only pay attention to ODU basketball. What are some of those differences you're going to see at those other schools? Uh, just different. Uh, not all coaches are the same at, at all schools. Uh, so, and with different coaching staff, not all coaches coach the same way. So um, we have different coaching style approaches, whereas my coach at Northeastern was extremely laid back, where Coach Jones is really fiery. Uh, some play styles work for some players, some players it doesn't. But um, it's been great for me to just learn to stay level-headed or not get too high, get too low. And both approaches are good, and I, I enjoy being coached by by different coaching styles. All right, so between the 26 points you dropped against Furman and the 30 you scored against Mason, leading to your first Sunbelt Player of the Week award, it's clear you, when things are clicking, you can fill the bucket up fast. What do you think is the biggest factor for you to have games like that? Uh, just coming in my, my, my mental, uh, coming in aggressive uh, some days. I'm not always aggressive, just looking to score, looking to score, looking to score. I, I try to let the game just fall into place and try to just go with the flow of the game. Uh, sometimes I don't need that and I need to be more assertive and assert myself early in the game and get it, get things going. And that'll lead to uh, creating easy opportunities for my teammates. Um, so, yeah, just being aggressive, I think, and having that mindset that I, I need to come in and, and do my part early to get other guys going uh, helps me. So how do you feel about where your game is right now? And where do you think you can go? Uh, right now, I don't want to say I'm complacent because there's always room for improvement, but I'm in a really good spot right now. Uh, shots still aren't falling, but I'm finding a way to put the ball in the basket over these past few games. Uh, if I can just continue to knock shots down early and often, uh, that'll put me in an even better spot. And just, try, just trying to make the right play within our offense to keep making the right reads, uh, limit turnovers. And I'm in a really good spot as long as I keep progressing and staying level-headed and confident. All right. So I was looking at some pictures here because we always ask about jersey numbers. So I looked yeah. at you, it'd be you're wearing zero. And then you went yeah. to Northeastern and you had two. So now as a monarch, you're rocking the number 11. So yeah. tell us where number 11 comes from and if there's any significance behind it. There is actually no significance behind number 11. Uh, I was one of the last people to commit to ODU, and it was between 11, 15, I think, and like some other like big numbers. And I just went with 11. It looks good on me too, I think. What do you guys I, think? It does, and it seems to be working. <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure. But yeah, I never really had a um, – all throughout my college career, I didn't – my favorite number used to be five. I got to UAB. And wore zero, and I fell in love with zero. Makai had zero here, and zero was already taken at Northeastern. So I'll just, whatever numbers were available, I'll make it work. All right. So in a game of one-on-one, -on -one, what is your go-to move? Well, if you watch the games as of lately, you would probably say a step back. Uh, but 
Yeah, probably go to my uh, step back or probably just drive left. I was joking with Mike before we got on the air that my personal favorite was like that diving horizontal, get the ball up and go in. I mean, you got <laughs> fouled on that, right? It sure looked like you got fouled from our angle. Yeah, I felt like I got fouled. Uh, I was a little frustrated after the ball went in. I didn't see the ball going at the moment. I just heard the crowd cheering. <laughs> but I, I thought I was going to get a foul call. I didn't get a foul call. All right. So every time we talk to somebody, we hear about more and more hidden talents on this team. Somehow <laughs> emo always seems to come up when someone's talking about something uh, that Monarch Nation wouldn't know about somebody. So can you tell us something about one of the guys on the team besides emo that fans probably don't know? Mm, let me think. Something about somebody else on the team. Hmm. That's a good one. <laughs> so we'll give you a couple examples. We were told yeah. that Emo has an extra toe. <laughs> that he has an uncanny ability to fall asleep at a moment's notice and snores yeah. like you read and about. And he snores like he's chopping wood. You yeah. don't want to share the room with him. And then he's a, he's a certified lover boy. So and that's all Emo. Wow. Uh, I don't... That's a tough question. I don't know. I can't think right now on the spot. That's fair. Yeah, that's, yeah. All right. Well, moving on. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> you're good. You're good. You're going to be thinking about this one later in about an I hour. Am. You're going to be like, oh, man. Yeah. All right. So we know you haven't been here long, but we've had some fun games in the TED so far. What is your most memorable game as a Monarch? Uh, probably that Norfolk State game. Uh. That was the atmosphere I've never been able, uh, been a part of, like having an in-state rivalry or in-city rivalry, actually. Um, that was something uh, special to be a part of, just the atmosphere uh, outside on walk. And I got people from Norfolk State talking to me about the game after the game. It was, it was something fun to be a part of, and the atmosphere was uh, second to none. I have to agree. It was a pretty exciting, tense, stressful, all kinds of emotions going – in the stands, all those emotions, I can't even imagine on the court for you guys. Yeah, it was one heck of a game. And you guys came out on the right end of it, too, which made it even better. Indeed, yeah. We had, we had some players make some tough shots down a stretch and, and carry us to a victory. So I wasn't surprised you said that, but I was also thinking maybe you might mention George Mason because you and Victor Bailey just going shot for shot for shot. I mean, that was just yeah. a lot of fun to watch. And how, how on fire you were must have been really fun for you. Yeah. Mike and I are sitting in the stands, and Mike is talking about this. Like, I mean, it was like a boxing match where nobody was given a step. I mean, one guy was taking a punch, and the next guy was dishing it out and just kept going back and forth. Yeah, tell us about that. I mean, that, that was awesome. Uh, I know kudos to Victor Bailey. He was knocking down shots early in the game. Uh, I looked up at the scoreboard and I seen he was in double figures in the first half early. And I was like, oh, wow, we got to get going. Uh, shots just started coming to me. My teammates were finding me and I was just able to knock down shots. And then it kind of became unconscious. I just got into the rhythm and the flow of the game. That game, the flow found me. Or Yeah, so I was able just to knock down shots. Now I look up and we're back within the one possession game. I turned the ball over actually at the end of the uh, half. We could have been going up one into the half, but and then yeah, just kind of kept that rhythm going, try to stay aggressive, and yeah, the rest is that. 
All right, so you got a lot of basketball games under your belt. What's the favorite gym that you've ever played in? I would say Rupp Arena in Kentucky. Yeah, that was probably one of my – because that's like playing in the high major stage. That's like one of everybody's dreams, playing college basketball. So being able to do that, play in front of like 20,000 fans, I think it was, or something like that, it was good for me too. Um, That was one of my first years where I was starting and playing a lot. So being able to experience that and have a decent game, it felt good for me to think that I could actually do something with this basketball stuff. All right, keeping it fun. What is your favorite restaurant in Norfolk? Do you have any suggestions, though? Because I honestly, I'm just. Oh, Mike can Mike can do that if you need. So, what is your favorite style of food that you're missing out on right now? Maybe some Italian food. Fellini's. Fellini's. Fellini's, right on Cali. It's near a Dirty Buffalo. Okay. Yeah, they're they're legit. Really good spot. Oh yeah. Yeah, I don't think I got a, a favorite restaurant. I just haven't been out. Um, I've been really fast food day in and day out, or I'm cooking food. So. What's your favorite thing to cook? I just make like chicken. Uh, nothing, nothing special. I got an air fryer, so mostly everything is going into the air fryer. Best appliance ever. <laughs> yeah. Right. All right. What's your favorite spot on campus? My favorite spot on campus is probably the Mitch. That's fair. Is that is that, is that yeah? That fair oh yeah, that's fair. And, and Coach Jones is going to be really excited to hear that. I'm sure. <laughs> hey, I spend most of my time in the Mitch. That's really all I know. Uh, yeah, the Mitch. All right, what's your favorite thing to do in your free time? Uh, actually, I got it right here in front of me. I play the game a lot. If I'm not in the gym, if I'm not hanging out with my teammates or spending time with my girlfriend, um, yeah, I'm playing the game. Yeah. Keeps me, right. keeps me busy and out of trouble. What's your favorite game? Uh, 2K. I really like FIFA. FIFA is a game. It's a sleeper game. Uh, and Call of Duty. Yeah. Good deal. Yeah. All right. What's your favorite basketball movie? My favorite basketball movie might have to be Like Mike with Bow Wow. Yeah, Like Mike's probably my favorite movie. I think you're the second person to say Like Mike this year. I think so. Really? Yeah. yeah. Like Mike. I can't remember. I don't want to. If not know. Like Mike, probably he got game. Yeah, and you wouldn't be the first one to say that either. Really? That was Did definitely uh, Coach Milton Jones say that when we talked with her? He got game? I'm trying no, to remember. No, she said love and basketball. She was in it. My bad. Oh, she was in it? Yeah. She was oh, on the wow. Sparks. She was on the Sparks. So that final scene where she's playing for L.A., she's uh, in the background, I think. Oh, I got to go rewatch that. All right. <laughs> Favorite musical artist or band? Favorite, my favorite was uh, probably Meek Mill. Yeah, Meek Mill, Dream Tracers. Uh, I'm a really big Meek fan. Is Philly nearby the city you're in from in Jersey? Uh, yeah, about like an hour out. Yeah, about like an hour. I was I lived in between New York and Philly, so I was about an hour both ways. Kind of got the best of both worlds, but yeah, Meek Mill. I'm really big on lyrics, and his music is therapeutic to say the least. Good deal. All right. If you could play one-on-one with any player, past, present, doesn't matter, who would you pick and are you going to win? If I had to pick anybody. Oh, let's see. I would probably want to play one-on-one James Harden. Yeah. James Harden. Yes, I'm uh, – yeah, I'm going to win. I got to get ball first, though. I ain't going to play no defense. 
but no, I admire his game offensively though. Uh, so I would want to see what what he got because I know he got a lot in store in the bag that he probably doesn't show um, in an NBA setting. But yeah, that would be fun to uh, play against him. I mean, he changed the game with that jump stop dribble action he did, where he got everyone yeah. to just run full speed into him and get a cheap foul. <laughs> he was manipulating the game. No, it's yeah, super was... impressive that he can do that. Like he could do that because yeah. 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 Um, Good players find a way to manipulate the game. Yeah. Great players, I should say. Well, we saw that what three, three, four years ago with Ahmad Caver. Ahmad went like for three or four games. He was doing it quite a bit and was was really effective. All right. So what is your top personal goal and your top team goal for this year? And what will it take for you and the team to get there? Uh my personal goal would be try to be player of the, or the player of the conference or whatever it's called. Um, but team goals is to, my, my team goals are more important than my personal goals. Um, to, to win conference, um, to win Sunbelt conference, first goal, and then see how far we can make a run into March. I mean, that's everybody's goal. It sounds cliche, but that's, that's real. It's my last year and I want to be able to see uh, what I'm able to do and what this team is capable of and making a deep run into March, that'd be the most like the, the best way to close out this year, my last year. All right, Tyreek. So as we wrap up here, we really appreciate you coming on. But before we go, is there anything you want to share with Monarch Nation? Um, anything that you want to get out? Uh, Monarch Nation, we love your support. Uh, continue to support us through this up and down roller coaster. Uh, we enjoy you guys. You guys are the life of us. You make us go. And I appreciate you guys having us or having me here on today. Absolutely. You don't have a business or NIL or anything that you want to promote, do you? Nah, appreciate you guys. Probably Thank not you. hard to find though. Yeah. Yeah. You can find my Instagram underscore Rico, uh, R-E-K-O-H. Uh, yeah. Just look me up and easy to contact and work with. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. And you heard the man, if you want to hire him for NIL, Hit him up on Instagram. I am available. Thank you again, Tyreek. Go Monarchs. Thank you. Appreciate you guys. Go Monarchs. Go Monarchs.